So now let's move to the second uh, structure of the brain, the limbic system. Let's, uh, let's uh, think about that mm, kind of on top of the brainstem. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, welcome back. I'm sorry to let you know that this is the last episode of the psychology and neuroscience for communication stress management. However, um, you should be super excited and curious about this by now. Um, so make sure you listen to this episode and the previous three if you haven't. Um, and make sure you check out all the things that Martha is doing, including her blog and um, the courses that she's running. Welcome back, Martha. Hi, Christine. I'm very happy to be back. Me too. I'm also a bit sad that this is our last episode, but I'm happy to be here. Yes. And for me, actually, I'm having, I'm having more sessions with you, obviously, uh, in the training that I signed up for. So for me, it's okay. But for all the listeners, I'm sorry. <laughs> but today we're talking about the neuroscience of stress. And Magda has prepared something nice, a nice metaphor to make it um, understandable for you. So Magda, why don't you start? Okay, I will. Um, yeah, so uh, today I will talk to you about a metaphor that I, uh, I use also in my uh, process communication model to, to explain why stress, what is happening um, inside our mind and why do you, we react differently under stress, maybe in, in ways that we might not like that much. Um, and it's the metaphor of the rider and the elephant. Uh, it's, um, I, I call this, when I, when I talk about it, I call it like very simple neuroscience. Um, this, this metaphor is uh, based on the most well-known macro description of the brain anatomy, um, a very old description of the brain called the triune brain. Uh, it was proposed by Paul McLean in 1952. And of course, this is an oversimplified description of the brain, but it still holds some truth and it helps us understand the main functions of the brain at the very macro level. Yeah, so even if in modern neuroscience, we don't talk anymore about the triune brain, you know, and the separation of the brain in, in, of the brain in three areas. Yeah, so in modern neuroscience, we don't talk anymore about that. We talk about the connectome and the networks. Well, what what is helping us to why I'm I'm um, I'm offering this um, this division and also the the metaphor it because it still has a high historical and didactical value and mainly for its simplicity it helps us understand why we act so differently uh, under stress. So what the theory says is that the brain is composed out of three parts which correspond to different stages of evolution. First we have the brainstem and the cerebellum. And this is the most ancient part of the brain. Let's imagine the, the base, you know, of the brain at the back of our head, yeah? This is the most ancient part of the brain and it is thought to have appeared around 300 million years ago. Yeah, so a long time ago. It is mostly responsible for maintaining body functions such as breathing and heart rate. Also for routing information up and down between the brain and the nervous system and also for some inst instinctive behaviors and for motor learning. Yeah, it is often called the reptilian brain 
because that part of the brain is dominant in reptile. But then again, this is not 100% reflecting reality because the reptiles also have structures equivalent to the other two, uh, two structures of the brain that we're going to talk about, yeah? the limbic system and the cortex to some ex extent. So now let's move to the second uh, structure of the brain, the limbic system. Let's, uh, let's uh, think about that mm, kind of on top of the brainstem. Yeah, this is a very gross approximation. Um, the limbic system evolved mostly in small mammals. And this is why Maclean called it the paleomammalian brain. And it is thought to have appeared around 200 to 250 million years ago. And it is mostly responsible for the treatment of memory and emotions, as well as taking care of our primitive survival functions. Yeah, something like feeding, reproduction, parenting, etc. Well, then comes the newer part, the cortex, you know, the surface of the brain, yeah, the exterior part of the brain. This is the most recent part. And it's particularly large in primates and it's uh, even more so in us, in humans. And it is thought to have evolved around 150,000 years ago. So therefore, it is so much more recent than the other two parts of the brain. So just in order to put these numbers into perspective, if the brain history was 24 hours, yeah, and it started about 300 million years ago with the brainstem and cerebellum, the history of the cortex corresponds to about 45 seconds, so even less than a minute. That's how new is the cortex, and especially the neocortex. Well, the cortex is responsible for all the complex fu functions of the brain, including perception, planning, attention, abstract thinking, decision-making, language, empathy, um, all these uh, complex processes. Um, um, yeah, uh, what I just want to, to, to repeat, that this, this division should be considered as a historical approximation, yes, and not necessarily a scientific uh, validated subdivision, but it really helps us to understand why some parts of us are stronger, the ones that react under stress are stronger. So let me now go to the metaphor of the rider and elephant. Yeah, so in order to simplify the conversation about the brain, I introduced the metaphor of the rider and elephant. I did not create this metaphor. Yeah, it was first introduced by psychologist Jonathan Hyde in his book, The Happiness Hypothesis from 2006. So according to him, we could simplify the idea of the triune brain by simply naming the, these three divisions as follows. So the limbic system and the reptilian brain, so the older ones, yeah, we'll call them the elephant or the unconscious brain, yeah, the elephant. And the cortex, so the newer one with the complex uh, processes, we call it the rider yeah, or the conscious brain. So now we have the rider and the elephant. Well, the elephant, so the two oldest structures in the brain are old, yes, and very powerful. They, ha they have the advantage of time. You know how it goes with software with the when they, there is a new software and it's in alpha testing, beta testing, you know, it, it can still be improved, it's not very efficient. Well, this is the reality of the rider because the rider, it's so new, yeah, so the cortex is so newly developed that it's still kind of in beta testing. It's not so efficient, you know, it's, uh, it's not yet so powerful. It uses a lot of energy, 
but it does some really cool stuff. Yeah, all those complex um, uh, functions and, and processes that it takes care of. So the elephant is old and powerful, as I was saying. It doesn't use words and it doesn't have any verbal function. Yeah, it's concerned with survival. So the elephant is the one that kept, kept us alive as a species for so many millions of years. The rider, the cortex, has a lot of new cool functions. Yeah, it can use words, it can use language, it can time travel, it can remember the past and anticipate the future. Yeah, and also has those superior functions like planning, creativity, problem solving, morality, empathy, etc. Well, the biggest problem is that the rider can only function when the elephant is calm. And this is why many times, even if we have very good plans for, I don't know, building a company with the people around us or changing, you know, organizational change, if we don't engage the elephant of our people or the elephant or of our business partner or of our life partner, so if we don't engage the elephant and not only the rider, meaning the logical part, things might not happen as desired. So there are many differences between the two brains, yeah, between the rider and the elephant, but I will mention four important ones. The rider solves complex problems. The elephant solves very simple problems. The rider is flexible and open to novelty, is the part of the brain that says, how about trying to solve this in a different way? Why don't you try to, I don't know, market our, our products on this new market or use this kind of marketing activities? Or let's try that, um, I know, social platform that might put us in front of our target audience. Yeah, so it's open to new, new things. Well, the elephant is more rigid. If I have a belief that served me for years, the elephant memorize it and its tendency will be to always apply it in similar context. And it really takes a lot of effort and awareness from the rider to change that belief. Another important difference, the rider is focused on positive information. He wants us to be well, to evolve, to try new things. Well, the elephant is focused on negative information. It wants us not to be bad because it's focused on survival and security. So of course, it, it was worth a lot more to focus on the dangers just to, to make sure that we survive than to focus on the opportunity. What use is that I find a new bush with the interesting plants that I can eat when I was not paying attention to the, I know, cyber, uh, cyber uh, to, uh, tiger, you know, this is the classic example. Yeah, because if I'm dead, I will not be able to enjoy the, the new uh, fruits. Yeah, so this is why, and there's actually, there have been some studies that show that our bias towards negative information, it's, it's quite strong. So sometimes um, um, the, you know, the equilibrium between uh, one, no, so how, how should I put this? Yeah, one negative information is as important as three positives. So in a team, um, in a leadership situation, you know, when we, let's say we offer um, a feedback, how we call it constructive. Yeah. So there's something that they need to improve. Yeah. So it's not that good. That's going to be some negative information for the receiver in order for them to still be okay. We need to offer three positives. Yeah. So that strong is the, the negative uh, bias that we have. And by the way, it's not getting easier for relationships. Actually that uh, disproportion is 
five to one. So five positives to one negative. So be careful with that too. Yeah, that is because our elephant is focusing on the negative and is getting stressed because of the negatives also. Yeah, but this is how the elephant kept us alive. Yeah, focused on survival, security, and better to stick to my old ways because these kept me alive. Let me not try other things because who knows if those are going to be good for me. Well, now let's look at the fourth difference. The rider gets tired very fast. As I was saying, the rider is like a beta testing of a new cool program. Yeah, it's not yet that efficient. It uses a lot of energy. Whereas the elephant can really go on for a long time. And this is why after intense day of, let's say, planning how, I know, the company strategy, yeah, our um, uh, new uh, strategy for how to launch on a new market or how to launch for the beginning our company, yeah, if we spend a day in an intense, um, um, you know, activity of planning, deciding, strategizing, our rider is going to be dead tired. Yeah, so we're going to feel really tired of after a day like this. Um, but, you know, if we compare it to a Sunday when we spend it with our friends and family, when our rider doesn't need to do a lot of work, we're going to feel really good even at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's how tired and how fast tired uh, gets the, the rider. Well, good part is when both the rider and elephant work in sync, life is good. The not so good part is. When the rider is tired, and we already know that he's getting tired quite fast, and the elephant is triggered by strong emotions, the elephant will take over and it's very, very hard for the rider to get back in control. What I like to say is that the, the elephant will throw the, the rider, you know, and then the rider cannot, cannot do its, uh, its magic. So what does that mean for us? And what does that mean for stress management? And why do I use this metaphor also when I teach a process communication model? Because if you remember from the previous three episodes, um, when we are under stress, we don't always behave in, in ways that we like. Yeah, they're not so productive, not so, you know, so, so positive. But this is happening because our rider is, is thrown off by the elephant. So the elephant now is trying to protect, to protect itself. It has sensed something is not okay. It has gotten stressed and it, it, it goes to the default behaviors that the elephant has learned in childhood. Yeah, so all those behaviors that I was talking about, you know, under, under stress and conflict for each personality type, uh, those are behaviors mostly that we have learned in childhood. Yeah, so the... Uh, the elephant is using things that has learned from, from a long time ago. It has served them, yeah, in childhood, it might have served them, or at least the elephant thinks that those behaviors have served us in the past. Uh, it might be that actually when we look at it with an adult eye, we see that actually it's not so productive, you know, to, I don't know, to over control or to start uh, over adapting to people or to blame others, et cetera, et cetera. But this is the default. And, you know, there are some studies who show that uh, actually when, you know, under, uh, when the elephant is triggered, like, like really, really strong, our capacity, our cognitive capacity uh, drops by up to 75%, meaning the capacity of our cortex, of our rider drops by up to 75%. That means that our logic, it's, you know, out on the window. You know, our capacity to be empathetic, to actually think about what, what my actions mean for the other person or what does it mean for the future, yeah? How will this impact my, my reality, my plans? These all go on the window, yeah? So 
Well, that's how we can explain some our our behaviors under stress, but that doesn't make us, you know, that doesn't take the responsibility from us to actually be more aware of that and change that. It doesn't make it easier though, but at least, um, you know, becoming aware is the first step. And Christine, I'm, I'm thinking to give a, a very, um, two very simple solutions to that. What can we do? Like a first aid kit for this. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, so uh, there are two elements that I can share. The first one you're going to laugh, but is to breathe. And there is a special way that helps us uh, um, calm our elephant. And that is to, when we breathe, to inhale, of course, but then when we exhale, to exhale on a duration that is double the one of the inhale. So let's say if I inhale on four, you know, like that was like one, two, three, four, then I would exhale on eight, you know, like the exhale will, will be long and careful, do not exhale with your mouth open. So do everything with the nose, uh, on the nose, yeah? Using the nose, not the mouth. There's a, another explanation for that, uh, how our nerves and how our, you know, they are connected. I'm not going to enter into that detail right now, but do the breathing through your nose. So maybe it might not work for you to inhale on four and exhale on eight. Try to inhale on two and exhale on four. Inhale on, or maybe on three and exhale on, on six that is going to calm us yeah it's going to calm the 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 elephant but one one element that you can do besides uh, breathing is to put yourself you know put some distance between yourself and the trigger that you know trigger the elephant so get some distance if it's a i don't know a business meeting you know with your partner business partner or by no colleague or boss or something and you notice that something has really triggered you and you you cannot uh, think straight and be productive just, you know, say, okay, I think I need a bit of time. I cannot be productive right now in my answer. So let's get back to this, I don't know, in an hour, the second day, whenever it is, but take distance from the, from the trigger. And something else that I read, I think it was uh, um, from the Calm, you know, the, the application, which I actually recommend. Uh, it has a lot of uh, meditation and all, all this kind of uh, very useful tools for a calmer life they have this framework they call or technique they call it the stop technique and what does it say well s from stop then t take a break what i was saying a bit earlier you know put a distance between you and the trigger then observe yeah observe your behavior realize that your elephant has you know it's crazy and it threw away the it threw off the the rider and then proceed what can that mean as i was saying earlier it might mean that you just say, okay, sorry, but I, I cannot be productive right now. Give me an hour and I'll get back to you. Or let me take a walk. This is also, and neuroscience has a lot uh, to say about how important taking a, a walk is for us to calm down. So that's another tips. Yeah, I cannot say with just two tips I can notice. So take a walk, yeah, take distance from the trigger. Yeah, and then proceed. Proceed with, you know, with an answer that will help you, that will be constructive. So that is it for, uh, from my side. There is so much to, to say, but I know we don't have that much time. So I kept it uh, hopefully short and clear. Yes, it was uh, great. Thank you. And uh, it was easy to follow this metaphor. Thank you for choosing it uh, to make it accessible for everyone. And I love 
the two easy tips um, to, to manage the elephant. So mm -hmm. I, I made a note as well, and I've heard many things before. I think one of the main things is to remember in that moment um, and just do. But if you start to get in the habit, okay, no, now I think I get stressed, let's just breathe and yeah. breathe double out then in um, through the nose, like you said. And um, yeah, that's, I think, what you can do. Thank you so much for this wealth of interesting, inspiring, mind-blowing information. Um, everyone, like I said, find all the contact details of Magda and what she does on creativestartupacademy.com slash podcast in the psychology and neuroscience for communication stress management series. And if you do have any questions, you can always um, send me a message or let Magda know as well. Thank you again, Magda. And I'm looking forward to lots of more and working with you further. Thank you very much, Christine. It was a real pleasure being here with you. And I really appreciate the, the invitation. And I really hope that what I've shared with you and, uh, and your audience will be useful and uh, they will be able to apply it in their day to day. My pleasure, Christine. Thank you. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.